0: Romance nerds, we're back exploring the paranormal side of romance. Did my favorite romance book survive the curse of time? Do we like the current state of paranormal publishing today? Will Jackie accept that Sasquatches are probably hey. not real? And if they were, they would be smart enough to realize country <laughs> music stars belong in rock star romance, not cowboys. Let's find out at least two of those things <laughs> And part two of Paranormal Month. Hey there, romance nerds. Welcome to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. We are librarians
1: at Northern Onondaga Public Library, and we are also romance nerds. Now, if you're wondering what this podcast is about, wait for it. Romance! Romance! Specifically, the romance genre of books. We are going to be talking about anything and everything having to do with romance. The genre, the tropes,
0: anything and everything. So, with that being said, sometimes our material will be a little too sensitive for younger readers. If you feel the need to wait until they go to bed, we will be here for you. We would also like to issue just a general trigger warning for some of
1: the things that we do talk about. We will always try to issue specific trigger warnings for each episode so that you know what you're getting into. Now, without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I've been ready, Jackie. All right, let's rage. Alright, are you ready here? The worst joke I have told thus far. You've
0: only told three.
1: I know. I mean, but if this like is like worse than the Shakespeare one.
0: I don't even remember that one, okay. so let's see.
1: Okay. Why okay, and this is in honor of Sherilyn Kenyon's swan hat. I'll preface mm-hmm. it by that. Why did the swan cross the road? I don't know. It was the chicken's day off. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha I told you it was very bad. <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, it's like a four or five on the dad bad scale. Why do swans watch the news? Uh, I don't. They want to see how the world's taking a swan dive.
1: That, to get the feather forecast. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one's better. That one's way better. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that was a beautiful intro. Welcome back to yet another episode of Raging Romantics. woo This is our second look at Paranormal, so if you missed the first one, please go back and check out the show we released earlier this month so you are all caught up on what paranormal romance is, all of the craziness related to Sherilyn Kenyon's poisoning claims. This time around, we are diving into some actual books. Mm -hmm. I say that plural, but really... There's only one. Book and a half. (laughs) We're going to say book and a half. And a third, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I we were real confident that we would like the oh, the second one. I know. We were not. So <laughs> I want to start right away with one of the reasons for why I wanted to do Paranormal, just to give you guys a refresher, refresher, refresher. Just to refresh you guys. Sean Connery. I wanted to start right away with one of the reasons for why I wanted to do this. Um, I really just wanted to talk about Sherilyn Kenyon and the first romance we book knew I We knew we wanted
1: to talk about this. Like, yeah. for forever, we've known we wanted to talk mm-hmm. about Fantasy Lover.
0: yeah. And even
1: in our schedule, like, mm-hmm. this episode, it wasn't even Paranormal. It was like, Fantasy Lover! <laughs>
0: yeah, but we can't do a whole month podcast on one book, so let's, like, lay it out. I mean, out of the kindness of my heart, I wanted to give Jackie a chance to make fun of me in case my childhood favorite aged as badly as the terrible cowboy book from the last one. So a uh, drumroll, please, Jackie. How to do. I win we broke
1: the mold I did we it. broke the mold i did it okay but can we can we start with the bad first and then move into the good because we're oh, gonna really? take you more time yeah because okay. we're gonna take more time talking about fantasy lover fair
0: enough than the other one We'll we'll have a palette cleanser okay. so we did really like fantasy lover yes so we we're gonna save that as a treat to get through a coven coven with whatever the hell it coven. is Whatever. i don't care i know we said we were gonna do a different one last one but then jackie read the summary and was like oh hey this fits better with the fantasy lover thing. So fine. I just yes. want to say this as a disclaimer. Unfortunately, I am very out of date of the newer paranormal romance. My tastes have just shifted and they just are not publishing the same way they used to be. No. So when I look at current releases and when I look at the New York best selling times, it is all these old time, classic romance authors i'm yes. not seeing a lot of people really breaking the mold anymore like so, J.R. ward yeah, is still forever, at the top of the list forever G- gina showalter just and came then out with teen one paranormal month. yeah teen paranormal is kind of an outlier i yeah. don't we're not going to focus too much on ya in this podcast so i'm kind of we might do a single month of ya Yeah, just one it's not going to really count because i read a lot fair enough <laughs> but it's just not being published the way it used to be now no. it's mostly in these indie kindle unlimited spaces yes and that's great in some ways um it wasn't great for us. I think so just, just really
1: kidding. quick, for those of you unfamiliar with the Indie Pub World, Indie Publishing World, this is for those authors who either didn't want to go main traditional publishing, so big publishing houses like Simon & Schuster, um, the other the ones other that ones are, are out first. there. <laughs> they don't need to know. Um, <laughs> and and instead they chose to go independent indie publishing. Um, and this... There's a variety of different ways you can do this. Um, you can do the Kindle Unlimited, which is one of the most popular ways now because it's an easy way to make a revenue. Pretty much what it is is you have certain ways like a certain um, format you have to submit your manuscript in it has to be digital format and you have to have cover artwork that adheres to strict like Kindle guidelines. You have to have a certain form, certain text, all this sort of fun stuff. They have to adhere to all these like kind of strict guidelines for Kindle Unlimited publishing. You can also do a variety of other indie pubs that are out there. Honestly, if you just Google Indie Pub, there are so many different ones you can do. You don't have to go Kindle Unlimited. Jen and I prefer Kindle Unlimited because there's a really good variety, yeah. especially for romance.
0: And you spend $10 a month and yeah. get access to this huge catalog. I- and so, in some cases, it works really well for us. This authors. is not sponsored. Ruby Dixon is Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> yes, she has got to be raking. She's got to be raking right it in right now. now. CNN, CNN just did yeah. a piece on her, and I think there's a lot more freedom for indie Pub. Yeah, there. When we were talking about our very first episode about Beverly, um, oh God, I'm so stupid. Ignore Jenkins. That. No, 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 not Jenkins, but that pub, the editor. We were reading that article, and they went into, there are actual indie publishers that can make up to, like, six figures a month. Oh, yeah. And some That's like right, really, yes. Really, really successful ones Ruby Dixon probably is on there. Yeah, I mean, she's got to be at this point. It's, but it also means that a lot of. Uh, There's a lot of interesting things. There was a lot like of flack that went down yeah. to indie
1: pubs in, like, mm-hmm. 2018. Yeah. Pretty and much, with Kindle limiting, you get paid, as an author, you get paid by how many pages someone reads. Yeah. And I think it's, like, it's, like. Pennies on the dollar, mm. pretty much, is what you get paid. So a lot of authors were stuffing their pages mm. on Kindle Unlimited. Alexa Riley got in a lot of trouble yeah. because she was supposedly
0: plagiarizing. I mean, yeah, she was getting in a lot of trouble. We really need an Alexa Riley month. But every time I try to Google what happened to her, I have no idea. Yeah, like nobody's and talking on, about they're, it. They're on Instagram, but there's like yeah, they're there. back. Yeah. They're selling their stuff on their own on website. Apple and on
1: their own website. They're not doing it on Amazon and Kobo so too. Which yeah. is interesting.
0: But anyways, they've got like these cabals too of authors. Sometimes they've got like authors. So they've got like a team of people writing. Kindle under Unlimited, one name. not Alexa Riley. No, no. Well, they they are two people, <laughs> yes. but they uh, there are other names where I've heard rumors of. Yeah, they're able to publish so frequently, and they're able to do all these tricky things because there's like five people writing under one name. Right. There's a lot of ways you can scam the system with Kindle Unlimited. Yeah. So you, I mean, it's something to kind of keep with a grain of salt.
1: But it's also really fun, especially if you find an author that you like, because a yeah. lot of times they will quick publish. So like mm-hmm. Ruby Dixon publishes pretty much a book a month. Yeah, she publishes which is more great. than a
0: book. She publishes like two yeah
1: she's constantly writing and uploading
0: she's got she's doing this thing too where she uploads a chapter a day of her one thing and then she's coming out now with the next ice home she's been promoting that um the what's her face is outcast
1: staff's outcast thank you that name ready for it oh it
0: comes out in a couple days so so i know there's still a lot of judgment about these indie spaces and i think some people still have like a natural aversion yeah thank you like a natural oh well if you didn't get a real publishing contract it's not good which is BS. Yeah, we're first not that off. at all. Don't be a snob. I mean, it, it can be hard to tell that sometimes with libraries because it is very difficult to get these yeah. kind of books into the I public I say, space.
1: I did just order the first yeah. five ice plate of barbarians but for the should... library. I am really
0: fearful when they come like, in. <laughs> that's a really weird case, and it's really yeah. only because it's popular right yeah. now. Usually, it's very hard to get these books into yes. the library. So we're not judgmental. We're not...
1: Yeah, that's Looking a good way of them. prefacing
0: that we are not judging this
1: book yes. because it was IndiePub. No. Not in any way, sense, <laughs> no, or form. that's not why. No, that is not why we are going to judge this book. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We're judging it
0: because it's really bad.
1: Yeah, in our personal opinion. And <laughs> in our
0: personal opinion. Sorry to the author. I don't think yeah. she'd ever listen to this. No, She's and a lot of
1: people one. love this book. It's got a four out of five rating on Goodreads. Yeah. Um, but, but it just wasn't for Jen and I. <laughs> I think
0: – this one was really frustrating. I This is the first book, first of all, I've not finished for the podcast or for our book club. Yeah. It just was really painful. I had a lot going on this month. I couldn't even skim it. And this had so many interesting elements. It did. It was so promising. And then the writing style was just really Flat. Yeah. Or it was really. Me and Jackie were talking about this for a while, and I don't even know how to summarize the book to you guys. Basically, she's a. Maybe a okay. witch. The title, first off, is. Right. Yeah, yeah, Coven yeah. of Her Own. Coven of Her Own by is. By Saskia
1: Walker. Yeah. Sorry if we pronounced that wrong. She is
0: the. It's the second one in the series. First one. No, it's the
1: second. This is the first in the series. I think
0: Goodreads. Okay.
1: Witches of Raven's Landing, number one. I'm looking at Goodreads oh, okay. right well, now. Sorry,
0: sorry. If Goodreads is saying it. Okay, then it's number one. <laughs> and yeah, so she is a. She doesn't know she's a witch yet, but she's a witch, and she inherited this cottage from a family member—her grandma—on the rugged Cornish coast. Yeah, which, so first cool. Of all,
1: Cornwall, yeah, I love it. But she—the book starts off. She gets to Cornwall. She's living in the cottage. She's slowly renovating it. She is an online graphic web designer, pretty much is what she does for a living. So she lives in Cornwall, but she's she works out of London, <clears throat> um, and she is having these dreams.
0: Oh boy! Very
1: schmexy dreams. Sh- about a man. Mm-hmm. We love dreams about a man. Cool. Good start. Um, and <laughs> she
0: has a friend who is witchy and honestly, I don't even care about that part. Somehow she like travels back in time to actually meet this guy because yeah. it's a matchmaker magic thing. Yeah. And at that point, I don't know how else to summarize it to you guys, because I just lost all interest. And then there's a
1: lot of sex that's But it's bad sex. Bad sex. It's bad sex. Badly written. Yeah. It's painfully written. They use mm. intimate parts as a
0: description no
1: no thank you no no no. use the p word or the c word please
0: (laughs) we're so spoiled with slang nowadays i
1: know like ruby (laughs) dixon has spoiled us thank you ruby
0: (laughs) to say what it is
1: i know please use the words but um yeah and honestly i got about maybe like 52 percent in and that was with skimming before i gave up
0: and i don't want to talk too badly about this book i feel weird really reviewing a book we didn't finish and we didn't like yeah but i think for me while i was reading this it made me really think about what makes a bad book yeah and you know I still am not quite sure I know how to describe it Mm -hmm. I was talking to you about this it feels like something you know it when you see it it's very hard for me to put my finger on it and I don't because I've read this style before I've read like maybe this overly earnest or like very weirdly passive tone and the tone was very interesting
1: it is very different from a lot of other romance books we have read and if you've read Susanna Kearsley, who is one of my favorite historical fiction, she writes books that are kind of very similar to this. You know, they're set in England. There's time lapse. Um, there's romance. There's, like, this time travel aspect. Not, like, Outlander, but yeah. whatever. Um, And it's kind of the same writing style. But there's just something about the way that Walker wrote this mm-hmm. where, like you said, it just fell really flat. Yeah. And it was just, like, slogging through mud.
0: And it was so info-dumpy. And she had a lot of... She had all these interesting, no, so yeah, she had dialogue, but she had all these really interesting points that she did not develop. So she would focus on these super boring aspects of the lessons of magic and her learning mm. and i'm like i don't care i want to see this guy figure out what a car is in the 21st yes. century yes of course or a he, boss. yeah yes. he, he travels back in time with her after she travels back to meet him and like i want to see this weird 17th century guy try to figure out the grocery store yeah like that would have been the fun thing not yeah. her learning how to float in the air and like they have to have this super long oh don't worry you're gonna fail but i will catch you because we're coven. Woohoo! yeah
1: i don't know I'm reading over the points that you put in the notes, and there was one where it was, the tone felt too, lo- I don't know, maybe I wrote this, the tone felt too lofty for what the book, oh, quote unquote, that. actually was. See, I yeah, I did lof- say that.
0: Because I, I saw that, and I was like, I don't know if I agree with lofty as an adjective. Oh, there are those planes again. But I think just the whole point of, we're not quite sure what's wrong with it, but we know something's off.
1: And this is all very subjective. It's
0: very subjective. I'm sure if you guys read and it it's and not, maybe loved it and you could tell us what, why we're dumb. Yeah, exactly.
1: That's <laughs> totally fine. Our, our book club members love to yell at us for being wrong all the yeah. time.
0: Um, and it was, I think that I
1: have read books that have been successful with this type of writing. Yeah. And I think it was more so that I had expectations, which is always like the death knoll of books for yeah. me, where I have expectations of how something is going to read, mm-hmm. how it's going to go. And I think that, it's not that it didn't match my expectations. It's that it was something completely different Mm -hmm. and it was something that just fell really short and I can, this is going to sound really bad, but I can tell she didn't have an editor. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, there were no like misspellings. It was actually like, you know, nicely, it had some pretty like effusive language and all this sort of stuff. But it was like, I could tell as someone going through the editing process right now that, um, she didn't cut out really anything from one of her first drafts
0: i mean that's fair but at the same time there's only so much editing can do i don't know how much editing would have saved this
1: it could have cut out a lot of useless Mm -hmm. dialogue yeah you know the show don't tell she did a lot of telling and not a lot of showing i
0: think this ended up being a really good example of why sometimes paranormal can fail because there's so much stuff There's so much stuff she's especially with the
1: the time travel explain the stuff that didn't need to be explained and then she still had to input the romance so she had these really steamy sex scenes yeah but so she still had to input all this romance because you know it is a romance novel and so she input these really steamy sex scenes mm-hmm. that were just not they didn't do
0: it no they did they not, were not do it not for thing. anybody no and this is very petty and this will be my last petty thing before i move on <laughs> singing scenes don't work in books Oh, I didn't even anything. get there. So there was the scene where they're slow dancing and she's trying to sing him a song that I should know. And they actually have the off like the the character like she's saying the lyrics in the song oh. and she's like, "Oh, let me, let me you can't do that in a book." That was such a thing no. too. That no. was such a thing with
1: new adult books. Yes. In like 2012, mm-hmm. they loved to do that. And then they had like soundtracks for books. No, I mean, it's, okay,
0: that's cute. Yeah. Um, I just read. I've been reading a lot of Niccolo wrote. I don't know how to say her first. It's like Niccolo, whatever. Okay. But I've been reading her a lot and she's been releasing playlists that go with her books and like that's cute i do not like it though when you have the character singing like oh let me sing with you while i dance like it's in quotes It's also really everything. awkward
1: when it's, they do the yeah. audiobook for that because yeah. they're like sing
0: talking yeah it. no, yeah it's bad just cut that out for all authors you can't do it the like, only
1: one who could do it was uh jk or jk pff, no tolkien sorry Tolkien and the Hobbit, Gandalf is singing the song, and that worked. Fine, that (laughs) works. But we know that that is fantasy. (laughs)
0: It works in one (laughs) fantasy book. Honestly, this stuff doesn't even work in real life. Really, just don't do it. That is my last petty thing because I don't want to be too much of a jerk. And I really want to save as much time as possible. Yes. Fantasy
1: lover.
0: So, yeah. So
1: I would give it, I gave it two out of five stars for Coven of Her Own. (laughs) And I only rated it because I wanted to be one of the few people who gave it a bad rating because personally, in my opinion, it is not as good as people are making it out to be. That is my pettiness. (laughs) As somebody who is writing a paranormal romance right now.
0: And then I texted
1: Jen, going like, "Oh my god, I have imposter syndrome right now. Is my book as bad as
0: this?"
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Jen assured me it was not. So it's not as bad as that. I'm okay. I'm okay. But so are we ready to move on oh my god please oh i've god. been waiting
0: all year oh, i'm so happy do you want to hear all about fantasy lover jackie yes i do okay.
1: oh my god so we of course that's what we said we have had a bad luck with rereading some of my old favorites some jen's old favorites some like classic romances yeah. we've had such bad luck this one
0: still stands but
1: fantasy lover with Sherilyn kenyon Mostly.
0: Mostly. I would say like 93% is still good. There's still little, there's like some quibbles that I'm going to, that I did not age well. I'm
1: interested to see what you have that didn't age age well. Um, I will say that this gave me, like, butterflies. I had oh, hard eyes. Yeah. I was, like, smiling the you whole time. You texted me later
0: than you yes. usually do. I usually, because I have a. It was, like, 1130. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I talked to one of my best friends every night for, like, an hour or two. And you, it was weird. You usually are asleep <laughs> by then. And I got in the middle of that. I was like, what are you doing? Who are you?
1: But, um, Jen, would you like to give us a brief yeah, synopsis? Yeah, we'll I did my best I know. brief. Whatever. Of we'll sh- Fantasy Lover by Sherilyn Kenyon. Book one. Well, actually, it's, like, 0. .5 in the dark hunter series
0: so a very brief please don't listen to this if you do want to read this yourself because spoilers. there's a lot of spoilers yeah we're just gonna spoil i think at this point we can assume if we're gonna review the book we're spoiling it yeah maybe we should be better people let us know if you'd like that or not but anyway
1: email so- us at ragingromantics <laughs> at gmail.com
0: <laughs> so fantasy lover very very first uh book that Charlaine kenyon published under her own name 2002 2002 this opens up with Grace Alexander's well-meaning best friend selena declaring to an entire restaurant that Grace needs to get laid. <laughs> so we're already at a great start to the book. Yes. Grace is turning twenty-nine and hasn't had sex in oh four years. God, she's our age. <laughs> <laughs> so Selena decides an intervention is in order. But instead of setting her up on like a blind date or working on a dating profile like a normal friend, Selena has found this old book that promises if you summon the love slave Julian to you on the full moon, you'll get to have unbelievable sex with him for a whole month so I'm just saying I love that that's where her head is at you know not anything useful but let's go find this weird book and yeah. do a casty spelly witchy thing it sounds fun, fun. also Super. this is
1: hitting really close to home I have to say so far <laughs>
0: Anyways. Well, unfortunately, neither of us are sex therapists oh. like Grace is. So it's I not was that close. close. I, I, it was close. Yes. She's very educated. She's very rational. So she's kind of like, this is super dumb, but I'm going to do it. So you shut up. And I should say it's funny because Selena is like the complete opposite. Yeah. And they yeah.
1: talk about that because Grace is, she's a therapist. Yeah. She's very staid, very like classic mm-hmm. lady, um, classy lady. Yeah. And Selena is like a hippie tarot reader.
0: But at which. the same time, she married really well. So she's not super. She's is hippie, she married to Bill? Yeah, she is married to Bill. and. Doesn't she get her own book later? I think she does. Well, because Bill's kind of a jerk in this one. He is a jerk. Yeah, so I think something... I forget what happens, but something does happen. I'm going to reread the whole series now, so I'll let you know. (laughs) But so she's going to do this spell, and hey, what a shock! A naked love slave appears in her living room. I'm also using love slave because that's what the book uses, but Julian is basically a sex slave, Yes. by the way. But love slave, I think, was nicer for the 2000s, and the curse made a point of... Uh, julian is going to be super attracted to you too
1: can i tell them about julian who
0: julian no. is why can i because can i got I, I I, a whole list I, okay. <laughs> you i already did this you should have written my it inner then. classicist wants
1: to Later. talk about him
0: in a minute give me a sec let me okay. get up there okay so grace is not like other women who have summoned julian throughout the centuries and she does not want to sleep with him she's had a really bad experience losing her virginity and she does not want to feel used like that again unquote Jul- <laughs> unquote julian is in shock keeps Trying to seduce her throughout the night because basically, food and sex are the only ways he has fun anymore. Uh, what Selena pictured to be some kind of fun blank slate spell, he's just like a sexy genie, not really any agency. It is actually a curse Julian has suffered through for over 2,000 years. He slept with a temple virgin to this god, Prius Priapus. Priapus Priapus. What are the guy Sucks, I don't know the I god of F- F- right.
1: the Roman god of fertility, yeah, Priapius, whatever Priapus, and
0: whatever. I am not saying his name right, he sucks. And he in does. punishment, he gets cast into this book as a love slave. Julian does, Julian does. Julian is basically trying to survive. He doesn't want Grace to treat him like a human being or to take him out in public or to try to get to know him. But she is stubborn. And once it starts to sink in, oh, hey, this is a real human being trapped in this situation. It's not just some kind of, like, sex doll. I should try to help him. She insists that he help her figure out a way to break the curse. And free Julian from the book.
1: Okay, now Julian. So Julian, yes, super please, cool guy. Julian. <laughs> okay, Jackie. Julian, as Jen said, is over two thousand years old. He is two thousand years old. He was born in pre BC. I think one forty nine BC yeah, is whatever. the year like that. that he uses. Um, Some
0: country doesn't barely exist anymore. Macedonia, yeah. Turkey. Whatever. Yeah, it's not there it's <laughs> somewhere else
1: so he is julian of macedon and he is a minor deity he is the da- the daughter he is the son of aphrodite and of a spartan war general um and aphrodite had julian stolen from her because he was a mortal's child and mortals can't live on Olympus because you know zeus wouldn't give him the afro that not the aphrodisia The, um, the, the... mm, Ambrosia. mm, Ambrosia, thank you. Yes, he couldn't have ambrosia, so he couldn't live on Olympus, so he gets, thank you, he gets thrown off, and he gets given to his father, who is, again, Spartan War General, and if you've seen 300, then you know that the Spartans were... Toxic masculinity, honest. Yeah, it wasn't
0: a happy childhood. It was not
1: a happy childhood. It was rough. So he he did not have a good childhood, but he grew up to be a very famous general. He fought the Romans. He made Scipio, one of the most infamous Roman generals, like run on his heels. Jen's laughing at me and my nerding I out just, of I'm Roman love history.
0: That this is the part that is not any way <laughs> related to the plot.
1: Also, you spelled Aphrodite really wrong in the notes.
0: <laughs> I can't help that there's no spell check. Well, you are. Um.
1: Uh. So Julian is. He, he was basically cursed with such beauty from his mother being Aphrodite as, a, as when he was alive yeah. in Macedon that women fell for him, but he yeah. would never know love. That's what he was told by all the oracles. So his, quote-unquote, best friend, not really, liaison, when he was in the military, had this girl who he was going to marry, Penelope – but then Julian got so jealous that he had his brother Cupid, aka Eros, shoot Jason with a lead arrow, which killed his love for it wasn't, Penelope. It
0: wasn't the jealousy, though. It was Jason telling Penelope and mocking. Oh, that's him, right, Julian. Yezon, that, like, yeah, for being the god of love's son, nobody will ever yeah. love him, and, and he's he never going to happen. That's right. Like he was you.
1: very snide. He was yeah, very for, bullying.
0: Like he had saved Jason over and over again. They were brothers in arms. Like he considered yeah. him his only family, and here he is talking. To Penelope, Talking smack. Like, this guy yeah. sucks. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he it definitely was not a good move no. by his part. But. So, uh,
1: Julian had Cupid, a.k.a. Eros, shot Jason with a light arrow, which killed his love for Penelope, and Eros then shot Penelope with a golden arrow that made her fall in love, but not really, with Julian. And so, he goes, he has two children with her a couple years down the line, he ends up taking a bet. Or Athena. No. Okay. Okay. So no. this is it gets <laughs> no. it gets convoluted. Cupid. So,
0: Cupid gets drunk and he tells Perf- whatever Priampean. I don't care. He tells him about the thing and Preampion hates his guts Priapus. because of course Julian is Eros' brother and is also Priampian's brother. Priapus. So he decides to undo what Cupid did and suddenly Jason and Penelope remember on. that I
1: don't
0: care. <laughs> I don't care. Yes. They're bad people. So, I so don't pretty much Priapus,
1: who is the Roman god of fertility, he he had had it out because he is. Also, Julian's half brother Aphrodite pretty much has, she she was the goddess of love. She's gonna have a lot of kids, okay? It's gonna happen. But so then Priapus whatever da, 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 he undid the golden arrow and the lead arrow, and so Jason and Penelope ended up hooking up again. And then Penelope confronts Julian. Julian accidentally stabs Liaison after Jason comes after him, and Penelope flips the switch and she's like, "How could you?" I'm gonna take everything you love from you, and she goes and trigger warning she goes and kills her own children in a move that's very much Jason and Medea. Yeah. Um so this is where the curse really starts to fall into place. Julian, he goes to storm. He's he's basically he's going after Cupid, he's going after his mother. Mm-hmm. He, and he goes to the temple of Aphrodite, but while he's on his way, one of Priapus's virgins from Priapus's temple comes up to Julian and she's like, "Take my virginity, please, so that I don't have to be Priapus's" Whatever sacrifice, so Julian, in a fit of rage, does so. Pre-Office gets super mad, curses his half brother into living in this book, and he has pretty much, as Jen said, been a sex slave for the past two thousand years.
0: It's very complicated and dramatic, and it's really befitting a Greek-themed story, honestly. And
1: sherilyn Kenyon does a much better job talking about it and <laughs> so, laying it out.
0: So now that we are back in the modern day, Grace is very insistent. Figure out. Let's let's figure out how to break this curse. Julian finally calls on Cupid. Cupid shows up out of... <laughs> I was a little sad by this because Cupid was like, oh, I figured you'd be dead by now. I heard you calling before. It didn't come, which... Okay, that mean brother. But we find it's out that there It's not a good family dynamic. It's not a good family at all. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should be... Ex- That's fair. I shouldn't be expecting very high standards from these guys. It is the Greek gods. (laughs) So they find out that there is a way to break the spell. If Julian is summoned by a quote unquote woman of Alexander and he doesn't have sex with her the entire month until 12 o'clock on the next full moon where they will stay inside each other for like six hours. From midnight until dawn. Yeah, They will break the curse. Break the curse. But the caveat is the longer Julian goes without sex, the crazier he's going to get. Yes. But luckily... We can do that with Grace, because Grace, Alexander, that counts That's for the curse. curse. And they haven't had sex yet because she's stubborn. And it's like, no, you're hot, but no. Yes. So she insists on trying. Even though he's a little bit like, oh, just let me go. He's like, this is pointless. Yeah. He is very fatalistic.
1: I will say. I Fair mean, enough, he's been honestly. he's been trapped in a book for yeah. two thousand years. He hasn't known I a shred it. of decency. Mm-hmm. He talks about some of the other women who have summoned him in the past, and like one woman, basically, they kept him naked the entire time, and she shoved him out onto the balcony with nothing but like a feather boa, mm-hmm. basically, in the middle of a snowstorm in the fourteen hundreds. I know so, they didn't have feather boas in the fourteen hundreds. Well, Deal with it.
0: He's got a lot of issues. And Grace is very stubborn and is like, no, I'm not going to use you. I'm going to help save you. So they spend the whole month learning about each other. He shares all of that stuff that Jackie had already told you guys. Some super it's really super moments. And talk about a slow burn. Slow. Well, they, they, they do have a lot of intimate moments. They have pretty much as much sex as they can have without penetration. Yes. Um, in hindsight, I don't know if I should have been reading this in sixth grade. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> <I'm saying that laughs> in hindsight, I'm, like reading this now with but my thirty year old time, eyes. But at the same time,
1: I'm also happy that this was the first ever romance book that baby Jackie read because mm-hmm. it is sex positive. Yeah. It is like a strong female heroine. Mm-hmm. Grace says no.
0: Yeah,
1: a lot. Um, a lot. A lot. And even and he when she's that. she's being stalked at one point by one of her not clients but kind of a client. Yeah. Um. And she, she holds her own, and she's yeah. pretty smart about everything. So her
0: sob story is not nearly as dramatic. It's still very sad. She lost her beloved parents in her early 20s. She was left basically alone. That's how she got talked into bed by her ex, Paul, who she later found was out it had really only done it for a ex? bet. Yeah.
1: Like a weird, I
0: don't know how to it. It's a college,
1: it. it's a frat bet. It's yeah, one it of those virginity gross.
0: bets. She ended up becoming a sex therapist to help other people dealing with issues around sex. That's how, like Jackie said, we find out that she has a stalker patient named Rodney Carmichael. He is stalking her. He breaks into her office. He breaks into her home, destroys her parents' untouched bedroom. Her books. books. Yeah, she'd had this. There's this whole scene of her. Um, her walk-in closet
1: is a yeah. walk-in library. And just how
0: special that was to her. And these were books that she'd grown up with and that her parents had written as textbooks. And he just destroys it. So he. she ends up getting attacked by Rodney in an elevator near the end of the book. Julian confronts his fear of small spaces to rescue her. And Rodney ends up getting killed by the cops. Yeah. So it is wrapped up pretty nicely. Uh, and a fun fact, Julian also beats up Paul. Yes. So, yeah. So yes. He's just busy. That was very satisfying. Yeah, it was great. See, yeah, he's just It only her takes 5 pounds of pressure right. to
1: crush an esophagus. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, uh. Eventually the curse does take effect. They're forced to Jane Julian up when he can't Chain control Julian himself. Jane Julian up. Jane Julian. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Aphrodite pops up uh she had popped up before to be a jerk to Grace she comes back now to wipe the madness from Julian to give him a fighting chance they spend another couple happy weeks together what to do? it's just basically a long month of them growing closer to yeah each other it isn't very and sharing it's sweet. it's sweet it's nice it's hard eyes finally the end of the month is here Grace is begging Julian to stay with her because she loves him and he loves her so much he's suddenly all no I'll ruin you too like everyone else if I will not leave you so we're at that point in the romance and novel. he also like, I should say that I'll he leave. has been given
1: the option that if he can break the curse they will take him back to macedon next thing i was gonna say yeah sorry um they will put him back in his own time he just he can't he has to disappear off the map he has to go like into retirement in a villa yeah which he's like yeah i'll do that that's Mm -hmm. my time period like grace is trying to teach him how to drive he's like i can't drive there's all this stuff going on there's all these women who are forcing themselves on him Yeah. so he's like at this point he's like i'm gonna go back to my time
0: but then the moment comes and he realizes, you know what? I love Grace. Grace loves me. I can't use her. So uh, the clock strikes midnight. He does not penetrate her. I'm very sorry for wording it that way. I don't know how else to do it. And he actually disappears not back into the book. Not a good enough reason to use the word penetrate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Grace is absolutely just devastated. She's begging. She all put the on her thoughts. sexy red negligee. Yeah, just for him. And then he's like, what, back in the book? Because he doesn't want to hang out with her anymore. So she begs to be put in the book with him. And Aphrodite instead somehow changes things so she, they have another she chance. turns time back yeah she so they break the curse with sex i think that's probably the safest way to say that yes, finally yes. and everything looks Much all sick. fine and dandy and yay we did it when suddenly papyrus is back ah! because he is not going to let julian win so he steals grace away to be his own sex slave cuz that'll show julian there is a really big fight Julian ends up getting the upper hand over Papyrus, and I don't care. I'm not saying his name right. This he's a is villain. like Tamlin
1: and a court of thorns and roses, and it's like it. tampon. No,
0: <laughs> I love he it. He doesn't That's deserve fair. parchment. But Julian beats him, and Papyrus ends up taking his place in the book. So Julian is officially totally free, and Julian agrees to say with Grace. He becomes a Greek history professor, and the book ends with them having a set of twins.
1: And it's adorable because in future books, they, because like the whole Dark Hunter series is in New Orleans, yeah. and Aphrodite is like ruler of the Dark Hunters, and you keep seeing them pop up, and yeah. they just really live fun. so happily ever after. Mm-hmm. It's so perfect. It's funny.
0: There's a really funny callback because in the very beginning of the book, Grace mentions that how in college Selena had done this spell that predicted she would marry a Greek god and have six children, and that's actually exactly what ends up happening. Yes. Which is really yes. fun it was like a nice little roundabout moment so overall i still holds up really well yes it does it's a lot there's a lot i really like it, again in hindsight maybe a little too much sex for sixth grade gen but you know what that's when kids start looking into porn yeah so that was definitely not my problem this was my problem you know what and <laughs> i will time. say like i said
1: before it's not yeah quote unquote the bad type of sex no. it's not dark romance no. it's not uh-huh. rapey which i, I did mean, read some of the rapey stuff after this because i couldn't help but read it it's a
0: little bit just because julian doesn't have a choice about the sex mm, that he yeah. has with the summoners and then also the whole in hindsight they do he, the penalty thing have, is really gross yeah
1: they do have internalized discussions yeah. with themselves of do i like him do i like her because of the yeah. curse or do i actually like them mm-hmm. which is really good and i'm glad that they yeah. had that discussion
0: I don't know. It's not, not with each perfect. other, though. <laughs> it's very 2000s. But yeah. this was really revolutionary for its time. This was really one of the first ones to just interlace so many cool Greek mythology elements. And I remember reading. I can't find the interview anymore because I wanted to link it. But at one point, Sherilyn Kenyon had said what really inspired Julian was her own health problems and feeling like she was so trapped in her own body. And she was picturing uh, a man who would be trapped in a similar way. So she ended up coming up with this whole book aspect and the whole curse and the whole sex life. Yeah. Thing. Uh, there's a lot about it that I still really like. So I do want to touch really briefly on the parts I don't. Okay. That now 30-year-old Jen is a little bit like, eh. Okay.
1: So, and then afterwards, I would like to have a discussion about Priapus. Oh, my God. Fine. Okay.
0: Papyrus. I think you mean I need to show
1: you a really funny TikTok after this.
0: So she, like we said before, she's a sex therapist. I don't think it really works that a lot of times – uh, there were kind of some butts, like joke butt, but of the jokes for, towards trans people because that's one of the people she helps. Oh, really? I didn't well, even so – oh, yeah. Yeah, because there were a couple scenes At where the they beginning. kind of made it like, oh, well, you just help men who want to become women. There was that one – there that one – um uh, not pa- patron god i'm such a librarian patient she yes. has that one patient the woman who yeah, thought who that all the men
1: were obsessed with her even the dog and then she was complaining about her boyfriend yeah who
0: wanted to be a lesbian in his male body and i'm like that's just a trans like yeah y- i think that kind of stuff you can't get away with now in no that's true and because i think especially back then i i get it it's funny like oh men are in women's clothing ha 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 it's like one of those lowbrow humor things that have existed forever So I understand why it was funny, and it wasn't, like, a malicious thing on Kenyon's part, probably, but that's something that doesn't cut it anymore. I think, too, when I think about the plot, there's a lot of uh, deus... Deus ex machina. Is that really the machine part? Yeah, machina. It looks like machine. C-H is a I hate Latin! Deus ex machina. There's just a lot of that stuff where people suddenly appear, and things get solved, kind of like you know when it's most relevant and like well it's a book i know but i was a little bit like okay they could have worked a little harder i it was really nice seeing them fall in love and that was their focus but then to have aphrodite like suddenly pop up i was like okay fine it's like okay. i will say the
1: first time she pops up is very like wait what it's yeah, very it was a little convenient jarred. but yeah. then after that i mean it made sense that she popped up in yeah, the for moment the madness of need part. and then it was sense. really funny when they were trying to like actually you know get it on and athena and aphrodite kept
0: oh, yeah, barging in <laughs> Does he need a green card, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Rodney is totally ridden realistically. I know kind of the stalker that the woman needs to be protected of as a trope, but the way it was he was ridden I don't know. I, I wonder if she could have done a little more research into that, if he would have been put into like a psychiatric hole just because of this. Rodney. Um, yeah, I mean he was obviously very dangerous, but then I don't know. That was a little iffy.
1: Yeah, I will say the whole him getting shot by the cops it would not go over well in literature especially post 2020 um
0: no that's a little different because i don't know i'm not saying that so much but i'm thinking of like their comments especially graces where julian is just so frustrated that we can't like force these people into facilities or take like mm -hmm. we we just can't do that i'm like that's the way of the world you can't force people into facilities against their will or force them to take medicine and i mean obviously he was a danger but in the beginning i don't i don't know if he would have been put in a psychiatric hold honestly because well so it's i listen to a lot of true crime
1: podcasts (laughs) um and they talk frequently about stalkers and the issues surrounding stalkers you know the cops mention it in this book too and it's still very relevant even 19 years later where with stalkers until something happens Happens, yeah they can't do anything a restraining order is just a piece of paper that's
0: why i wasn't sure like I don't know. It just felt off to me. Okay. Just some of the timeline stuff. And yeah, I mean, that part was right, where they, she wasn't getting any help. I was thinking more like, OK, so he has two breakdowns. And I just don't think there's facilities to send him to a psychiatric. Like, doesn't that doesn't mm. feel right to me. Uh, then still going with the therapy. I don't know if Grace is a very good therapist for all of that. I thought she snapped a lot at Julian when he was reacting to something, especially that one scene where she's mad that he wants to leave. Do you mm. remember that in the the, um, the market? yeah. I was but a little bit in love like with him
1: by that point. I get
0: it. Her emotions are clouding her judgment, but I'm like, you're professionally trained. You've been dealing with people all the time. It doesn't occur to you that, like, she, so, saying yeah. them, saying like his wife's dying words back to him, in the middle, like that's not a good. That's probably not a good idea. I guess I, I think I expected more from a trained professional. Like I could see either of us doing that because we're stupid and emotional, yeah. but
1: but also at the same time, it was 2002. Yeah, and I mean I don't know somebody who has only attended therapy recently. (laughs) Like how, what was therapy like in 2002? Law and Order SVU
0: has not told me very much about this. (laughs) And then I don't know if the college timeline is right because she's definitely in college when her parents die right yeah they make a big deal about that because she's so upset and that's how that's one of the reasons paul is able to talk her into bed is because she's yeah. so upset but then she hadn't had sex in four years sounding like the paul thing again was the only experience she'd yeah had, that's right? what it sounds like and she's 29 so she must have been like 24 25 ish when this happened but grad there were school. comments. yeah but like she made comments about being around like the dorm room and mm. i was a little like i mean 25 at grad like there's not dorms can, for yeah. grad school there can be Where? in England when I was at school well, in, in England. England this is New Orleans no it's 2002 I know that's what I mean I'm just a little bit like I don't know she could have fixed that these are quibbles I said they were quibbles and I'm like I just wish she had like worked a little bit more on the timeline part of that because that stuck me up where I was like well if she's that old why is she in a dorm what's like, why fate? is she with a frat boy if she's 24 25
1: because he was handsome looking he was a southern frat boy so he probably had you so know he's a probably lot gross of gross
0: and chewed like tobacco Oh, when I was in Clarion, like, way too many of them would spit in class. That's Pennsylvania. Yeah, and this is the South, so it's got to be worse. No. Yeah. It's a completely different breed. They look... Oh, he's clearly so classy. He had a bet about virginities. They look
1: pretty and classy on the outside. Sorry, this has been my personal experience. They Uh look pretty and classy on the outside, like prep boys who will, you know, yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, like, going to be lawyers and all that sort of good stuff, and then they're just assholes on the inside as paul was
0: yeah fine but those were my little baby quibbles Where like all right 93 percent of this works but those parts i'd like you know if she was gonna re-release i'd want that tweaked. yeah she won't she's got bigger problems (laughs) i will say
1: she did write a prequel to the prequel julian when he was in macedon she wrote that and it's just called julian of macedon
0: and i mean some of his prequel stuff too pops up in uh the the carrion book because they make a big deal in this we're not gonna really talk about it too much but one of his best friends ends up becoming this Dark Hunter character that we see in the next series. And that's book one of the Dark Hunter. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to see the the flashbacks and the the future series. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah, I reread that one too, like a thousand times when I got it. God,
1: I haven't read these in a long time. I read them all in high school, and then I think like book ten, it started diving off the deep end like dream hunter was the last one i remember reading and
0: again i love her i think it's just a problem some of these authors have with the really long series they just they just yeah she
1: keeps introducing these new New ones and there was like a tiger shifter one where i I just that lost me but
0: i mean sometimes that can work we see a lot of shifting today like dragon shifters are crazy yeah yeah i just think maybe it's complicated and then she introduced
1: vampires and that's like the whole point of the dark hunters and
0: Bit. you gotta calm yeah. down a bit guys yeah. just learn to end things i know that's hard but either learn to end things or be like J.R. ward and come back to um, i really like how J.R. ward kind of handles that where she goes back to couples when they're having more emotional problems as opposed to ruby dixon does that problem. too yeah ruby did too in her later book so take a note from those guys yeah
1: okay but priapis
0: yeah what so about we don't
1: know where priapis came into yeah. the mythos of greek or when he came in. Nobody knows where the word preopis comes from. Italian means jerk. <laughs> um, it actually means phallus.
0: Oh well that works too. He's a dick. I'll just
1: work yeah. him But his he step. is he is the god of vegetable gardens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this I is could, why I have to show you this TikTok. That's it. I
0: could see some like I He know. was the
1: protector of beehives, flocks and vineyards. He should have been protector of eggplants. Yeah. <laughs> he was depicted as a dwarfish man with eh. a huge member um symbolizing garden fertility um which then turned into symbolizing other types of fertility um and he he's always depicted with this very long very scary looking member um but yeah I just thought it was funny that he was the god of vegetable gardens and that type of fertility and and then yeah that's literally where I comes from. (laughs) and then he just kind of evolved into being a jerk a dick literally <laughs> so yeah
0: any final thoughts on fantasy lover
1: i love it so much. Really good. i'm we so glad we reread it definitely it.
0: grab it we don't have it at the library unfortunately but it, when i checked on amazon it was 8.99 for kendall
1: yeah 8.99 i tried to buy it for the library yeah, but they are out, out, of out of stock mm.
0: i don't know i don't know how often those get reissued because you know her as much as I love her, I know her book sales haven't been doing as well. She hasn't really come out with anything new in a while. I'm just wondering how Twenty eighteen was the last book. 2018, yeah, that's what I mean. It's been three years, yeah. four years. I think she when I checked Goodreads, she had something coming out, but
1: Yeah. With we'll all see. of her
0: drama, who knows when that'll come out. So I did want to take a little bit of time to talk about some books and paranormal authors I actually do want to yeah. recommend. Just considering the Coven one was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Especially indie pub ones. Yeah. Go. Ruby Dixon. So the really, really obvious ones are Chrysly Cole. Who does Immortals After Dark, which we talked about last time. Please, 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 please check those out. That was another one where I
1: read the first one.
0: Well, she's like, that's like a thousand years. No, the first one is A Hunger Like No Other. Okay. So that one I reread every single day for like a month when I read <laughs> about it in high school. Uh, Gina Showalter is also mm-hmm. just like an old school, amazing. I still remember buying one of her first books in um, Walden books when that was still a thing. The oh, wow. Stone Prince. Yeah. yeah. So she's like an old timey again. And I started she just her came in high out school. with the
1: start of a brand new series yeah. if you're like me and you're so uh, scared to like go a back. Heartless?
0: Warlord. Warlord. Thank you. Heartless was another one. Yeah. Uh, J.R. Ward, who we've said now several times, she does, does a great job at spinning these tropes. She also does so vampires. Good. Yeah. But that's Paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. like under the umbrella. Yeah. Christina Dodd, she did this great series that I've always really loved of Powered Beings. She is another author, by the way, that is just has a wide range of books. She also Didn't does she a lot do great Bikers historical. at one point? Probably. Yeah. I don't think I've read The Bikers. The Bikers might have been actually wrapped into the paranormal. I think they were.
1: I think they were yeah, like Vampires. Yeah, because they vampires. were like an evil
0: – it was like an evil – it was part of the evil people they had to go we after. We need to do a
1: biker's month. Yeah. They were so big. Mm-hmm. Okay. I
0: th- and then Laurel K. Hamilton, she doesn't always count exactly as romance, but uh, her Anita Blake and her Meredith Grey, or uh, Meredith Gen three, sorry, is a really huge. There's involution. a new Anita Blake book no. coming out,
1: but it's not really Anita Blake.
0: At this point, she's more erotic. And... Now that we have reverse harem floating around as a term, she fits under that category mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Some Christine fan. <laughs> We've talked about Christine fan a lot, but only some of her. Yes. Definitely put her on your her list. Her originals. And uh, Charlene Harris, who Always. I don't feel gets talked about as often since Suki died. Yeah. Died Suki. Okay. Not, she didn't actually die. It was the public. Sorry, I meant like the series died. Suki. Uh, So people you might not have heard of Katie McAllister. She does a great range of lighter romances, dragons, dragons, she does vampires, where it's still very much kind of the fated mate. It's still problems, but they don't take themselves as seriously. Yes. So she's really, really fun. She also has a a lot of great contemporary. My one of my favorite, favorite, favorite romance books ever is Blow Me Down, which is uh, she gets sucked into a video game about pirates. I do. Uh, Kristen Ashley is an indie publisher. I do want to recommend like three or four of hers. Not all of them are paranormal, but she's got a couple great ones. She's got a couple, too, that focus around ghosts. She does have a very interesting writing style. She's somebody you either really like or you don't.
1: I th- I've only read her MC ones, yeah. her biker ones. Mm-hmm. So. The ghost
0: ones are good. That one, you would like that because it takes place in England and Ooh. she ends up um, – the, the person always ends up getting together with the owner of these old estates and of course there's always a ghost and they have to go like defeat the ghost
1: i like it uh, with their
0: love you know i like uh, it uh, one of her books too is actually going to be depicted on the that new the passion flick oh yeah so they had already done one of them Ooh, the older hero. <laughs> and then i think it's the one matilda the super witch i think that's the one they're okay. going to adapt okay. next so they've got one done already and this is another one christine warren has a great series called The Others, and it's another one where it's every imaginable species, and there's so many cool combinations. Oh, okay. One of them is actually, uh she's possessed by the demon that she ends up falling in love with. There's a great werewolf one with a kindergarten teacher that's I really funny. I can't wait funny. to werewolves. Yeah, werewolves is going to be good. So Maybe. Can, I,
1: can I interject some authors that yeah. you probably haven't heard of but you should do? That's okay. what I was waiting for. Awesome. Um, so one that actually I just realized is paranormal not fantasy is eliza rain she's a kindle unlimited she does um the hades trials and then there's also alessa Thorne, the mm-hmm. court of the underworld alessa Thorne is really fun because it's the greek gods come in and they take over modern day athens mm-hmm. like they take it back yep. and they're ruling it and it's oh, um so you've got hades asterion medusa like all those people um it's really fun i like those mm-hmm. those are kindle unlimited like i said um and then G.A. Aiken technically is fantasy, but her dragons sometimes make it onto Earth. Okay. I think.
0: Well, yeah, then it counts as paranormal. Yeah, Okay, that's all. So, an author I'm hopeful about that I have not actually read yet, but I'm very hopeful. I started this one called Molly from Molly Harper Ooh. How to Date Your Dragon. I bought it by accident. I thought it was $0. It was 99 cents. So now I read <laughs> oh, it. no. I started it, and it's really fun so far. And she's got a bunch of paranormal. I just hadn't finished it. Penelope Bloom is another indie author I really love. And she has done this hilarious sounding vampire book called Kiss Kiss Fang Fang. <laughs> i'm really excited to read tessa bailey who we love yes here, we have a bunch of her books she has started a paranormal series <gasps> called the phenomenal Fate i didn't series. know
1: that yeah the
0: first one starts a vampire and she works in a morgue and she's like trying to get this body ready and it wakes up that sounds so awesome. it's really fun so i do um, want to throw those out there into the world for you guys another author you, know, you should so be
1: bad. hopeful for who maybe in what? the next year jackie hoyt oh okay <laughs> maybe one day <laughs> soon
0: yeah get published first we'll i know see. i'm working on we'll it see. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm stuck in edits any final thoughts jackie
1: i am glad we did this hey. because i forgot how much i liked paranormal, paranormal i haven't read it in so long
0: i really wish this was still a thing yeah it's still a thing quote unquote i don't think we're who knows when we'll get back to the heyday of the 2000s and the sherrilyn Kenyons and the christine fans we're not quite there anymore but you know trends come and go one day we'll get tired of billionaires, so we'll see. I'm hopeful. My fingers are crossed. Anyway, um,
1: but yeah, and I'm also glad we did it because it helped me realize what genre I fit in. Oh, nice!
0: So, there yeah. we go. Thanks. Look at that. Good all around. Yeah. Anyway, guys, that was our dive into paranormal.
1: What are we doing next month, Jeff? Hey, hey!
0: I, I got a whole. I got oh. an intro. Okay, let sorry. me do it. I didn't see that part. <clears throat> oh, I see it now. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much. That was our dive into paranormal. We hope you got some good stuff out of this episode. Any thoughts, feelings, or opinions on this episode? Email us at ragingromantics at gmail.com. Anything in the world. Let us know. Maybe we're totally off the base about Walker. Maybe Sherilyn Kenyon sucks.
1: Tell us why we're wrong.
0: Let us know. And if you guys are interested in exploring something, let us know that, too. Maybe your suggestion can be a future episode. We've got a werewolf month coming up, so I can specifically talk about Omegaverse Dynamics. God. if you don't want to ruin your life with with all of that, give us a different topic. I'm so scared. (laughs) You could save us from talking about werewolf kink. (laughs) Anyway. What are we doing next month, Jackie? Not werewolves and Omegaverse. No, That's going to be October. Not yet. Next, next month,
1: you tell us something. We're going on to something completely different. We are going to be talking about body positivity and inclusivity in romance novels. Cool. Because this is something I have noticed more in more recent romance novels and in the indie pub space yeah. is inclusion of body types, body disabilities, all that sort of stuff. And I really want to talk about it. Okay, so I we're going to talk about it. Things. Awesome. Yeah
0: fun maybe well this has been a whole blast it's been a ride it's been great
1: julian of assadon julian of (laughs) assadon julian of Macedon.
0: (laughs) you gotta hold the book you don't have the book i have books but you know do you think that would have happened today because they do make a good point that computers are replacing books. Do you think Julian eventually would have been stuck in a book for the rest of life? I was his thinking
1: – I was wondering about that, actually, as I was reading. I was like, what would happen – because, like, there's a Doctor Who episode where 100 years in the future, like, all the books have been digitized. Yeah. A, as somebody who's studied, like, manuscripts and archives, I don't think that's ever going to happen. There's always going to be paper formats of books. But
0: definitely there's going to be less, I think. Yes.
1: Go on. But I think with, like, artifacts like – julian macedon's manuscript it will be put in an archive
0: see i'm wondering maybe he's gonna get put into a pdf and you forward him to all of your friends and Poor then you julian. just hold your iphone to your chest and you're like julian 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 so it's good grace saved him when he did and i am learning that we should all go into oh i just got a, an idea for a book okay. we should <laughs> all go to used bookstores more yes. often and see uh what kind of things we can find
1: well on that note jen what do we always say Region! bye guys